just one of kings, better than none and ring. That's why we're here to sing football. Sunday in the snow, with a breeze whistle blows, weekend warriors toe to toe. Football. Football. Yes, yes, people. Football. Welcome along to another North London 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inia Benigo. We are back, but... Better than ever. There isn't any NFL yet. Not yet. Hopping on my two feet like an impatient child waiting to take a pee. Don't think just because we're back there's NFL. Yeah. Um, British American football. Yes. Brit Ball mm-hmm. is back this Saturday. So we decided to come on and do a bit of a podcast about that. We've got a couple of guys from the defending national champion, London Blitz, yes. on the pod later, talking about their kickoff, the kickoff of the British season, which yeah. is really exciting. Which is great. I cannot wait for it. We can see American football with our own two eyeballs and not just on television. We absolutely can. So Inye and myself will be down there this Saturday, 13th, but we'll let the London Blitz come on and tell you about that, but yep. we'll be down there. So we're pretty excited you about that. You should be down there as well. You listening to this podcast right now. Definitely. So those guys will be coming up on the show later. In terms of the world of NFL, well, free agencies kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. Drafts happening in a couple of weeks. Yes. And we'll be doing a nice draft pod preview of that. Mm-hmm. Probably the week before the draft. Yeah. So there's probably not that much to do if you want to be online doing mock drafts and all sorts of things. Then that's cool. It's cool. It's cool. So it's, it's, if that's your thing, go ahead and do you. In the words of 50 Cent, do you, boo-boo. So housekeeping. NorthLondon40.com. NLDN40 on iTunes. Yes. Download the podcast. We're on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Search for North London 40 on there. Tell a friend to tell a friend. At NLDN40 on the Twitter. Mixcloud.com forward slash NLDN40. We're across these platforms. Connect with us. Listen to us. Get involved. NorthLondon40 at gmail.com. Send us an email. Why the hell not? Right. Guest time. Yes. It is time already for a brand new season of American football in this country. That's good. I've been fiending. Me too. And we're gonna, we've got a couple of the big dogs from the big dogs, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the guys that won it last year. The Tim Westwoods of the Tim Westwoods. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. All right. North London's number one team, London's number one team, the UK's number one team. Mm-hmm. The unofficial team of this podcast yes. because we're a North London You've podcast. Gotta biased. You've got to stay biased, but we know where we lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lean to the north side. That's it. So a big game on this Saturday. The European campaign starts against the Copenhagen <laughs> Towers. Welcoming back to North London 40, Sam Tucky, and welcoming to North London 40, Rob Hardy from the London Blitz. Lads, how's it going? Yeah, really well, thank you. Thank you very much. Big game. Copenhagen don't sound like they're from the UK. Sounds like a European game. They Tell sound the list- foreign, is that what yeah, you're yeah, to say? Yeah. They sound like that lot. <laughs> okay. Lads. Let the listeners know what you've got in store for them on Saturday, what it's all about. The playing in Europe is something that we started about four years ago. So this is our fourth year of coming into it. And, and the kind of the weird thing about it for us playing in Europe versus most other European teams playing in Europe is for us, this is, it is usually is our first game of the season, playing against potentially some of our hardest opponents, some of our most challenging opponents. Whereas with the teams in Europe, 
quite often they've been playing since uh, since February. So is it um, a little bit like when the Russian teams in the in the soccer Champions League and the Norwegian teams yeah. on their winter break they have have to start playing again? It's a little bit like that. Exactly, exactly right. You know, I mean, it's 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 so it's always it's always a bit of a shock because you know, I mean, you can you can train as hard as you want against against the the people on you know if you play on offense, obviously against the people on defense, play on defense against the people on offense on your own team, but until you get sort of battle tested against uh, against someone else, um, you're never a hundred percent sure how things are going to work. So a lot of it essentially is kind of feeling it out and understanding understanding whether or not what you've been practicing is going to be suitable and, and how good the scout you've done is. Um, and not only scout on them, but also sort of self-scout as well. So it, it, it's, it's, it's quite nerve-wracking, really. Take a step back. So you guys obviously won the British title this year. Can you mm-hmm. let the listeners know what this competition is, which I presume you've, you're eligible for because you won the title? Tell them what this competition is, what it means, what the Blitz's involvement is going to be and, and, and the team that you're playing. Um, right. There's basically two levels of European competition. So we have uh, Eurobowl, which is equivalent to the Champions League. And then there's the EFAF Cup, which is equivalent to the UEFA Cup. Now, by winning the national championship last year, um, we became eligible for European competition. Um, and you get a choice about what level you want to go into. Now, last year, after two years of playing EFAF Cup, we went into Eurobowl. Um, and we made it through the group stages, and we were very unlucky to lose by about two or three points, I think, in the quarterfinals to a team um, from Berlin called Berlin Adler. Um, what we learned from that is is that money-wise, the step up was probably a little bit big for us. Being an amateur sport in the UK um, is, is is has got all levels, all sorts of different challenges. But a big challenge is the amount of money that comes into the team. So we really felt that this year because we don't have a mainline sponsor that going for going back down the EFAF cup route would probably be a better thing for us to do financially. That being said, we won the EFAF cup two years ago. So obviously playing in Eurobowl last year, winning the EFAF cup the year before, we've got quite high expectations for ourselves this year that we should be able to, to put on a pretty good showing. Now it's all split up into group stages. So we are, there's, there's usually three teams per group and you play one game at home, one game away. This year, however, um, geographically, the teams are in such a way that there's only two teams in our group, us, and the team we're playing on Saturday, the Copenhagen Towers. So they're coming to us for a game, and then we're going away to Copenhagen two weeks two weeks after, and uh, and then the aggregate scores will be put together, um, and the people uh, the people either with the most wins, obviously, or or, or the highest highest um, points difference will go through. Got it. So you touched on something which I thought was quite interesting. You mentioned our sport here not being, I mean, you guys are the big dogs, and we, we talked about that. It's very self-funded versus the European version of the game. There's quite a different financial structure. Can you maybe tell the listeners and ourselves a little bit more about what you meant by that? Is there a lot more grassroots funding taking it, being taking place out in Europe, more um, uh, potential American players out there playing? What's our kind of current setup versus that one out in the continent right now? The UK American football is, is an amateur sport. You're not allowed to play players. You're not allowed to play coaches. You're not allowed to pay. Um, you know, there's no there's no money that's allowed to change hands. Now, in previous years, the rules have been slightly bendable, so you can help people find jobs or you can get people on dual passports. But it's it, the waters have got a little bit murky, so you have to be quite careful. Now, in the continent, this uh, this differs slightly. Now, they're allowed to pay players in most countries. 
So quite often you'll find that they bring in a quarterback, maybe a middle linebacker, a left tackle, you know, so a, a real key key player to come in and help. And more importantly, they'll quite often pay for an American coach to come over. This can backfire sometimes, though. Like when we played the Flash last year, um, they'd been through two coaches, both Americans, who they'd brought over, who came over and then very shortly later got offered jobs in America, so moved straight back. So they had to start the search all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, we're in the British British leagues, we're allowed to get a lot more consistency. But obviously, if you want a spark or you know your team is reaching that point where they've got a level of maturity and they just need that little extra just to get them over the over the over the mound then you know maybe uh, maybe it's good news for them to bring in someone to sort of, sort of make that spark for them and if you've got someone throwing the ball like there's a there's a QB who came in that we played last year whose name escapes me at the moment but he used to back up um, Andrew Luck at Stanford, and he played for the uh, Pioneers, who we played in the Euro Bowl Championship last year. And I mean, I've never seen such a slippery QB in my entire life. I think he took one sack the entire game, and that's literally because someone missed a block and he turned around into someone hitting him. But he slipped out of hits. He made pinpoint throws. Well, he went to Stanford re- as well, so he's really clever. So he could figure out how to get out of that as well. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. You know, but I mean, it, it's it. It's it's amazing for us because we obviously get exposure to these people and playing them and 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 it, and it, and it raises our level of play as well. But I mean, I think you know the blitz has definitely been founded on a grassroots things of going youth to get from get lots of people in the youth team, lots of people in the junior team, graduate them to the seniors and give them great coaching um, to make sure that they can sort of fit in uh, as, as best possible, and make a contribution to the team as quickly as possible, rather than bring in just someone to come in and for one season and. And, and you know potentially be a game changer. A big thing in the difference between um, the European leagues and over here is that a lot of these countries don't don't play rugby. A lot of these countries' number one contact sport is football. Um, so you do get uh, to a certain degree a massive pool of the big athletes that over here. Some, you know some of them might go and play rugby um, to a high level, whereas over there, the, you know the big guys that run the sort of hundred meters in sort of nine seconds, a lot of that, not nine seconds, ten seconds, um, we'll go straight and play American football. So to a degree, the talent pool is, is probably a little bit bigger than we have over here as well. It's, it's interesting that you guys talk about this because it's kind of like in the, in the US in terms of soccer over there, they've got the designated player rule in terms of them bringing over a specific player from, I don't know, whatever country and then paying them more than than the actual American players that they have. And it kind of leads to sort of this unfair playing advantage but at the end of the day, you know, you guys are our British champions. You guys are the people that we should be getting behind and supporting. And so we're hoping that people that listen to this pod, people that are fans of the NFL, will not just be spending their money going to go see the Jaguars and the Vikings, but also coming out and supporting some some UK American football. The local well. role models in you. Yes. That's what they are. <laughs> mm. They're role models you can reach out and touch. Grassroots. Started from the oh, bottom, really? now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's focus on... I've got the Betty Hill music in my mind now. So let's focus on Saturday. Yes. We're playing Copenhagen Towers. When is it? Where is it? How do people get down there? This is a bit, this is a bit upsetting for us, sort of, uh, personally, is that um, both uh, both Rob, um, myself, and uh, and our club chairman Ed uh, Ed Morgan, um, a couple of other people working on getting a venue for us in Northeast London, um, just by White Hart Lane, 
Um, it's called New River Stadium, so it's sort of seating for a thousand. You know, great ground, you know, bar area, all the kind of you know, like fantastic things that you want from a location. And unfortunately, due to the incredibly awful weather that we've been having, um, the ground has actually pulled out after they've had a couple of rugby league, league games there, and they've really rutted up, rutted up the playing surface. So after an incredibly hard off season of us all going down there and uh, and returfing a lot of it, we're actually going to hold the game at Finsbury Park. It's like a Friday Night Lights. It's like it an is. episode of Friday Night Lights. They're all down there. And then, the, are you sure it wasn't the Copenhagen team that came over and messed up the pitch? <laughs> um, it, that almost wouldn't surprise me, I'm not going to lie, based on the fact that the amount of effort and time that's gone into re- re-turfing this pitch. I mean, I think I've been down and done three days of it, and uh, we moved, I think, nine tonnes of topsoil um, and three tonnes of turf. See, this is a 70s movie. Honestly, we could have had this with the Rocky montage music as well. That really would have put it all together. <laughs> but now, you know, the surface is ready to play on. Um, it's it's looking great down there. And the game will kick off at 3 o'clock. Um, so get down there relatively early, you know, between 2 and 2.30 to sort of check out what's going on. We've got Football America coming down. Um, what's that? They're, they're this fantastic uh, sort of traveling shop that sell all sorts of equipment and fan merchandise and all this kind of stuff. They're coming down. We've got um, Baffer's Fastest Man. So there's a couple of uh, couple of teams are sending down um, their fastest player, basically, and we're going to have a um, we're going to run a forty at halftime just to see who the fastest man in the league is. We've got uh, a, a portable bar there, so you can obviously get drinks and things. And we're just basically just keeping our fingers crossed for the weather to hold. So it can be, you know, a lovely sunny day like, luckily, all of our other European games have been so far. So it's been moved to a new venue. Which venue has it been moved to, Sam? Our home ground, which is at Finsbury Park. Okay. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it's kick-off at 3 o'clock, um, and you can access it from all sorts of different stations and bus routes, but the nearest ones are Manor House and Finsbury Park. So if you hit Finsbury Park, there's signs you can find it. It's relative, relatively easy to find, right? It's basically in right the middle, middle of Finsbury of the park. park. Okay. Fantastic. And how much does that cost, Sam? It'll be £5 on the gate. Okay, perfect. Five so it's a bargain as well. A steal right there. Saw some news on your site. Neil Reynolds commentating it, doing a bit of um, flim-flam down there. Is that still happening? He will be, yes. Um, I think he's confirmed the new venue. Everything's good with that. And uh, and he'll be there to provide... I mean, I think in America, you know, when you watch American football game, you have two people who do the commentating. Obviously, you have the... The analyst who, or the play-by-play guy who, who sort of goes, you know, uh, run off tackle, off right tackle for four yards, second and six, you know, and then you have the color guy who adds in the kind of the sort of the extra little bits and pieces to sort of keep it interesting, and that's essentially what Neil will be filling in for the sort of the less seasoned or or less diehard uh, uh, football fans out there. Um, to just understand a little bit more about the game and what's actually happening. So Neil's uh, Neil's being the colour guy. Yes. And who's commentating on it? Well, I think you know he'll he'll obviously fit in a bit of fit in a bit of that as well. Oh, um, so, he, so he's like the commentator and colour guy. He's like Arlo White on uh, NBC right now. He does a little yeah. bit of both. Right. Yeah. Excellent choice, lads. Mm-hmm. At the forefront of sport in this country. I mean, he's been around for a little while now, and obviously he's been gaining popularity and, 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 and gaining in sort of fame. And, and, and you look at his tw- uh, followers, followers on Twitter for, Twitter, for instance, and it's just jumped exponentially in the last year or so. And I think he's become the face of football. So having him down there is a real boon to us. 
Um, and we're just pleased that we sort of got in there early and, 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 you know, made it all, made it all sort of, uh, made it all sort of work. This matters, lads. This matters. So that's why he's here. There. Mm. I wanted to ask you guys about the training camp that you just all went on. What was it like? What, what were the three days like? What were the meals like? Now I'm sounding very sort of childish. What were the meals like? What were the, <laughs> the, meal, the meals were amazing. Okay. Well, that, good. I mean, the, the that. meals have gone down. I think. I mean, Blitz have been doing training in this this venue for ten or eleven years, and I think the meals um, have gone down in history as uh, one of the main reasons people keep going. I think, and a good recruiting tool as well in preseason. Um, they have the best flapjacks I've ever seen in my entire life. They are the size of house bricks. And they seem to be pretty endless, and you can get as many as you want, and it is amazing. I love, um, I love, I love this when you ask someone, you're like, "How's the food?" It's like it was great because it was massive. <laughs> <laughs> more, more often than not, it is the case. Yeah, yeah. well, we are we are offensive linemen, to be fair. So that part of our training was to be at the front of the uh, the food queue at uh, every opportunity available. Hey, um, but camp itself, I mean, the, the training at camp, as, as Sam mentioned earlier, is pretty brutal. Uh, we were up in the. Uh, we had to be in the gym by five o'clock, uh, pretty much both days. PM, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No AM. So right, we're in okay. walking up in, on the basketball courts at five AM on the field for half five, uh, where we'd be doing kind of footwork drills through the frost on the grass and uh, you know hitting heads and and whatnot. And as the sun rose over the uh, over the saffron Walden skies, um, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> imagery there. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, it was, like I say, pretty brutal. So, I mean, you, you do a couple of hours practice in the morning, then break for breakfast, then you have team meetings and film review, um, and then do another couple of hour practice, and then break for lunch, and then have more team meetings, and watch lots of game tape of ourselves during training and, and of the uh, opposition we're playing, so the, the Copenhagen Towers in this case. Um, and then, another more, like, well, yeah, again, more practice and film reviews. And, and it's really pretty much... When you get up in the morning at sort of five o'clock or so, straight until um, sort of ten o'clock at night, that you're pretty intense. Um, everything's about football. You're either out on the field practicing or watching film, uh, or, or doing meetings about practice. So it's very intense, but it's uh, you get a hell of a lot out of it. Um, and uh, I mean, we, we've come a hell of a long way since uh, before camp. So we, you know, fingers crossed, we're all ready to go for uh, for next Saturday. I mean, another part of that as well is that, you know, this year, and I think I mentioned on the last pod that I was on, um, that what kind of the, one of the key building blocks that we've put in this year, and, and this comes back to grassroots, is we have now a development team. So for the last couple of years, we've always seen that we've brought in a lot of rookies at the beginning of the season, but at the end of the season, a lot of them have just disappeared because when you're playing at the level that we're playing, you know, and they're not getting the reps or they're not getting the game time, it becomes quite depressing for them. So we've created this development squad underneath us um, to, to, to basically be a home for these players. They've got a separate set of coaches, but they get involved and they have separate training times, but they also get involved with our training as well. So it obviously gives them exposure to, to, the, to the level that we play at. Um, and most importantly, on the Sunday of camp is traditionally the last practice is a blue and white game. So offense versus defense, you know, hitting your mates, point scoring, bragging rights for the season. You know, but this year, because we've got a European game um, coming uh, next week, we obviously didn't want to get that sort of that sort of level of hitting amongst amongst us. You know, the sort of top guys on the team. So we had a development scrimmage with the Essex Spartans. Now they came; they they're a Championship level team, not a Premiership team. So they're just the one below. But they came down to play our development squad um, in a controlled scrimmage. 
Um, and a control scrimmage is just we give the, our offense versus their defense for 10 plays and then switch it for 10 plays and then switch it for 10 plays. So I think we did uh, uh, 120 plays um, over a sort of two-and-a-half-hour period um, and and gave them, gave our development guys a real opportunity to sort of get stuck in and understand what it's like in a, in a sort of pseudo-game situation to basically be hit by someone you don't know and the kind of the speed that they'd be expected to play at um, when they start playing games, um, you know, other scrimmages sort of for the rest of the season. And that was a great way to cap off camp because all the senior guys, the senior guys were there watching them and cheering and getting excited. Um, and it sort of allowed them to mix it up a little bit as well and, and almost kind of be a proving ground to say, do you know what? I know I'm a development guy now, but I've got real, you know, uh, senior squad potential. We get this two-legger out the way. Then guys were on to the regular British season. Is that true? When does that start? Fill people in on the plans for this season. We defending the title again. What are we thinking? Absolutely, yeah. So I believe the first game we've got is um, the week after our away game in Copenhagen. So the 5th of May. Um, that's at home to... That's the bank uh, holiday weekend. Yeah, so yeah, so that'll be uh, yeah at Fintry Park again. That'll be at the, against the Bristol Aztecs, who's my old team. I used to play for the Aztecs for about Oof. seven or eight years. Will you be booed during the game? I don't. I don't know. If it was in Bristol, I have no shadow of a doubt I would be booed. Okay. Um, however, it's in Fintry Park, so I'll probably still get booed, mainly by my teammates. I mean, the exciting thing about it is, as well, is that we're you know we're starting out quite strong with European stuff, and then you know moving into our, our regular season, but. You know, obviously, the key game that everyone's looking forward to is is us versus the Warriors. Oh yeah. Um, and due to a due to a sort of a, a, a league realignment, I guess, um, instead of being in a six-team Premiership, we're now in an eleven-team Premiership. Therefore, we only play everyone once, home or away, instead of playing everyone twice. So we're going to get to the and, and actually they've scheduled it. So our last game of the season is against the Warriors. Right. So literally, if 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 thing, and fingers crossed and everything goes right, it all goes according to plan, um, and both of us win out the whole way through, that one game could decide who's going to be the uh, one seed going into the playoffs and who's going to be the two seed. That will be a super Saturday for the ages. Exactly. And actually, funnily enough, usually we play on Sunday, but that will be played on Saturday, which will be super exciting because we all love Saturday games because win or lose, we can all go out afterwards for a couple of drinks and maybe... Be a bit badly behaved. I think it's a great idea because it will determine who will be the number one and number two seed. But all you NFL fans out there can appreciate sometimes that concept can become a bit of a damp squib. They're resting players. They're not resting players. Momentum, all that rah-rah. Do you know what I would do, Sam, if I was the scheduler? I'd make it the first game. What are you doing? I do, sort of understand, I do sort of understand what you mean. I, I definitely get that. But I mean, And Hardy will corroborate this. It's... It, it's it's definitely our most physical game of the year because of all the sort of the bad blood and 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 rivalry and everything that sort of makes it all the all all sports so exciting, um, and because it's a local derby and and if you have it at the first game of the season, potentially, it could be a little bit of a damp squib because the the winner the winner of that holds such an advantage all the way through the season, whereas having it at the last the last game. Um, and this is kind of a ridiculous thing to say, but the the with the Premiership South two seed has to play the Premiership North one seed and vice versa. And last year when we came, we actually came, we were actually seeded two going into the playoffs. 
we had to go all the way up to Glasgow um, to go and play East Kilbride. It's such a long way. It took so much out of us. So you heard it from the lads this Saturday. If you're in London or close to London, London Blitz taking on the Copenhagen Towers. Got the two-legger. Then the league starts the week after that. So for people listening that aren't in London, that aren't London Blitz fans, maybe they're uh, London Olympians fans or London Warriors fans or fans of other teams, Mm -hmm. what's the website that they can go to where they can find out, okay, is there a team near them, what the other schedules are? Is there like a main hub that people can access this? What's the URL for all that stuff? Um, It's bafanel.co.uk. Now, we'll spell that. It's uh, B A. F-A-N-L.co.uk. That's the league website. But equally, uh, on our website, if you go to LondonBlitz.com, if you go to the links section, um, there's links to all the other premiership teams on there. So you can check out their schedules. You can check out what's going on. You can go straight to their websites. Plus, obviously, you know how we got acquainted through Twitter is always a good way to do things. Um, and everyone has the sort of you know the associated Facebook pages, Instagram pages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hey, they absolutely do, and we are fortunate enough to have lots of these teams that communicate with us on Twitter and follow us on Twitter and all sorts of social platforms, and it's great. So shout out to all those people from those teams. The University League is hot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, you know. We'd love to have every team on there talking about it, but you know, but you're not from London, the north of it. Yes. <clears throat> lads it sounds fantastic it sounds exciting sam quick words we know you're a jets fan <laughs> is that eddie yeah i mean that's pretty much the standard reaction really isn't it anyone says oh you're a jets fan and they can't hold back the laughter <laughs> i should um, really be more professional it is a little bit like that and um, our offensive coordinator mike callan um has uh, every time he you know a new personnel decision gets made or something like that he just sends me a text saying, ha, 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 exclamation point. Um, <laughs> There's not enough ha's in that text. It, it, is, it, is, it is upsetting. But, you know, where I sort of think about where we are at the moment, what do I think about that? I'm surprised, and I know I made, this is a slight contradiction to myself last time, but I'm surprised that Rex Ryan has still got a job. And the reason I say that is when they brought in a new general manager and Rex Ryan's only got a year left on his contract, and they're facing a definite, whatever they say it is, it's definitely a rebuilding year. Why would they keep him on? It just doesn't seem to go, it doesn't seem to sort of correlate to sort of the new direction which they want to sort of take things in. That being said, I'm I'm Rex Ryan's biggest fan, so maybe they know something that I don't, and that's going to keep me happy for for the sort of the short term, but it it does seem like an awful mess. Uh, as someone that has ties to, or had ties to the Oakland Raiders, idea of the NFL doing just enough to sort of placate fans, especially the NFL teams that aren't doing very well, such as the Jets, and not wanting to clear house all at one go. They they just want to slowly get rid of th- uh, get rid of their messes, try and get cat space, try and get fans to believe again. And I think that's going on with the Jets. I think they've got rid of most of most of the staff, most of the players they're keeping Rex Ryan there still until next season and then they're going to go another direction and then they're going to try and build again and it's a shame that they're wasting fans times and saying hey effectively this is a wasted year but I really do see this becoming the pattern for NFL teams in the future I think you're right and I think what they should do is for the next season 
be a boring team. You're not mm. going to win a lot of games, but just be a boring team. Yes. Right? It's like there's no high-profile guys in the draft for you to pick up that anyone's going to you know, make notice of. Just pick up some solid, you know, some solid ballast guys. There's no free agents out there. Yeah. Just be a boring team. Rebuild it. I'm with you. I mean, look, we've had so much fun talking about it. Everybody has. But the last couple of weeks, there's nothing we can even say. No. I mean, it's going to be interesting because obviously the Jets traditionally have a very strong showing at the draft and have been known to boo picks (laughs) that the Jets make. So it'll be very interesting to see what direction they go with, whether they go with a QB or not. Because picking at 10, I just can't think. I mean, the only thing I think is D-lineman. And that's just such a boring pick. T-Bow can play (laughs) D-line. No quarterbacks go... In the first round. Uh, yeah, you can put money on the bank on that one. First time since 96 that happens. That's going to happen. And look, the Jets, is someone like a Barkley going to be around in the third round? Do they pick him up? They should totally do that. Totally do that. Be sensible. You know Don't just, just be, but this is the New York Jets, so what am I talking about? I just realized something. Something hit me. Talking about the New York Jets. Talking about European-American football. Yes. How likely is it that we are going to see the London Blitz face off against Tim Tebow at some point in the future? <laughs> Think about it is, though, is that I'm pretty positive that he has a truck stick setting. You know, and that actually, whatever happens, it would just be Tebow up the gut, all stop style. You know, if it did happen, and I'm pretty positive he'd run over most of our guys. Um, that being said, it would be pretty funny to have a. Uh, post-game prayer with Tebow just to experience what that was actually like and whether or uh, whether they could move a pretty uh, non-religious person like me to tears or to win a game. It's been brilliant having you on. Mm-hmm. Listeners, NFL isn't going to be on for a while. These guys are out there doing their thing against Europe's best. And as you can see, they're putting a lot of time, a lot of hustle into this, building something. Neil Reynolds is down on Saturday giving it some kudos. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. When These I was... are the guys that will not be able to give you a Oyster card holder for free. These are the guys that you need to come out and support because they have the passion for the sport that you love and they put it out there on the field every day. One hundo, right? And when I was a kid... Me and my family and the teams I used to play for used to spend so much time going around watching these teams around the around the south of England, the Ravens and the Stratham Olympians and teams that existed before the Blitz even existed. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. We really recommend that. Check it out. Get some fresh air. Have a drink with these guys and, and cheer them on against Europe's best. Lads, pleasure having you on North London 40. Thank you very much, guys. So that was the London Blitz. They were amazing, James. That Actually, that reminds me. Have you ever played NFL Blitz? Nope. Honestly, one of my favorite video games of all time. Why? As much as I love Madden, Blitz was great. It was that fun element. Imagine, okay, you are a big NBA fan. Yep. You grew up in the era of, you know, Shaq, Penny, Jordan. Notice how I put Jordan third. Ah, yep. Yeah. yep. How much of an influence was NBA Jams on your love of basketball? Meh. You're the wrong person to speak to. Basically, NFL Blitz is the NFL version of of NBA Jams. Oh, okay. So you've got the big heads, over-the-top action, all the stuff that you kind of like as a kid that pulls you more into the game. And, you know, surprisingly, a lot of blitzing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. 
No, it should be a lot of fun Saturday, and it should be fun for me. Looking forward to hanging out with Inye as well. And any fans that are down there, come and say what's up to us. Happy to hang out with you. We might even stick a picture of you and stick it on our Tumblr. Yes. Do you know the great thing about it being at Finsbury Park? Yep. Is there's tons of Jamaican food nearby. Oh, damn. Can have a patty, can have some beers, watch some NFL. Is that not the dream? It's a good look. Not the producer, but the dream. It's a good look. Should be fun. So, London Blitz on this week. Yes. We would be doing a disservice to our patrons if we didn't bring on one of the assistant coaches of the London Blitz and Mm. someone that certainly seems to me as people just randomly come up to me on the street and go like, yeah, this is our favourite guest of North London 40. Someone on my street the other day came up to me and was like, Wagwan with Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping that in. So... Our first ever guest, our favourite guest, North London 40, Joe Cohen. What's happening? Hey, I want a new contract. If that's what's going to happen here, I definitely want a new contract. You look, you're not Tony <laughs> Romo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've already got a six-year contract, all right? You're not getting the nine-year, all right? Not till season's end. Joe, so we've been on, we talked London Blitz with the guys, and um, obviously that's a big matchup, and you know we're not going to ask you to break down the strengths and weaknesses of the oh. Copenhagen Towers. Mm-hmm. Are they a 3-4 or a 4-3 defense, though? Uh, they run a four-man front, so sometimes three-man front, but usually a four-man front. Okay, thank you. He's just a tester. He knows. He knows. We've gone gone nerdy enough. I think it actually looks more like a 4-2, uh, to be quite honest. We're in the off-season, obviously, Blitz. You've, you've been planning for the Copenhagen game. What's happening? Browns, you like free agency? Feeling good about that going into the draft? What's going on with those guys? Man, the new regime really opened up the checkbook in free agency, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with these guys. But, um, you know, if you, if you think about what happened last year with uh, new ownership for the Browns and now a whole new regime that's come in with Joe Banner and, and everyone's favorite Mike Lombardi, our favorite. Uh, they, they, you know, have remained pretty quiet until they got into free agency, and then they just went crazy with the checkbook. And, you know, it it'll, it'll, remains to be seen, but, you know, the first step is Paul Kruger, right? And Kruger's a guy who had a great back half to the season in playoffs, and the Browns need a pass rush threat. Um, and they went after Kruger, and they gave him, you know, big money. He's a $10 million a year guy if not more. And uh, we shall see. Now, the, the, the thing about Kruger, there's two things about Kruger I think are interesting. One is that he's a guy who could be, you know, a 10 or 12 sack a year guy. And the second one is, you know, it's a zero-sum game, right? Because Baltimore's in the division, and you weaken a team in the division and strengthen yourself, and it's not just a plus one. It's a plus one, minus one, so you're moving two points. So I like the aggressiveness of the new regime coming in and saying, hey, not only do we want to sign a big-name guy, we want to take him away from a division rival. We and for the, those of us in Cleveland who, you know, particularly me growing up, with the Steelers being the division rival, once the Ravens um, <clears throat> swiped our team, uh, they became, you know, a much-hated enemy as well. So one of the reasons that we like having you on the pod so much, and we like Cleveland's and um, – in other pods, the Luke Perry podcast with Bill Simmons, another Cleveland Browns fan. It's fantastic. We have Mark Sassler on doing a free agent pod, Cleveland Browns fan. Mm-hmm. We love this fan passion. Drew it's Carey. brilliant. Drew Carey. 
<laughs> so, how how are the fans feeling about it, Joe? This is your set. Is this a sentiment shared? Do people like splashing out money on these free agents? Are they like all cautious, or we're like, oh, we're joining the big time? What's the general feeling? People feeling good about it, cautious? How are they so far? There are two kinds of Browns fans. There are those who fall into my category, which is no matter what happens with the team and how badly they suck, we are optimistic and think it's always going to get better. Yep. And then there are the other Cleveland Browns fans who are disillusioned and disheartened, and it doesn't matter what the team does, until they win lots of games on the field, they will never be happy. And it seems to be that it's always pretty 50-50. But, look, you've got to like it, right? They went out and got Kruger number one. Uh, They then went and uh, got Desmond Bryant from the Raiders, who's a guy who, when he plays, seems to be a pretty good defensive lineman on the interior, and you think about sticking him in there with Taba Rubin uh, in a 4-3. It's a pretty good front, right? And then they went and got this guy Quentin Groves from the Cardinals who played with Ray Horton, played under Ray Horton, who's the new defensive coordinator in Cleveland, who, you know, the press in Cleveland think that he can contribute. And obviously, if you're going to a 3-4, then you suddenly need more linebackers than you used to have. And you're, you've lost Scott Fujita. You're going to lose Chris Kong, who I think they've cut already. Um, and so you, you're kind of down two starting linebackers from last year, and you're moving to a defense that uses an extra linebacker, so you've got to find some new guys. Um, and then, of course, the big free agent move of the year, we went and signed Jason Campbell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 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 we swapped Colt McCoy for Jason Campbell, and I'm not quite sure if that's an upgrade or not. Where's McCoy gone? Or is he uh, not gone anywhere yet? They traded him to the 49ers. Um, so they traded Colt McCoy and their sixth-round pick to the 49ers for the 49ers' seventh-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look, Jason Campbell is um, in as a Raiders fan. I'm a Bears fan, and he's stunk for both of those teams. And so he was have, kind have of that. okay for the Redskins. Like, granted, the Redskins weren't going anywhere, but as a backup, you know. But that performance he did against on national TV when he had to step up and play for the Bears was just oh wonderful. My God. Was it worse than Joe Webb? It was horrific. It was worse than Joe Webb for sure. Okay. It was worse than Joe Webb. All right. Joe Webb at least has an excuse. <laughs> exactly. He's, getting... Joe, he's Joe Webb. Yeah. Browns, draft, quarterback, question mark. I don't think they draft a quarterback. I think that they're going to go into the season now. It's interesting. I think the Browns, there's a good chance that they trade down on draft day. They um, presently have the sixth pick in the first round. And, you know, you'd, you'd normally say that they would grab D. Milner the quarterback from Alabama and put him across from Joe Hayden and you'd have two lockdown corners in a division where you've got Flacco, Roethlisberger, um, who you're playing twice a year each. If, if, uh, if Milner's gone, I think you could see him dra- trading down. Now, the, here's the other thing. There's, there's been a lot of talk in Cleveland about uh, draft a trade for another quarterback. And um, the name that keeps coming up over and over again is Ryan Mallett. Still? So, That's still coming up? It keeps coming up. It's like a bad sandwich, right? And it's because Lombardi gushed about him on a couple of occasions on the BS report. Is that the origin of the rumor? That seems to be the origin of the rumor. There's yeah. also a report that Tony Grossi 
who's a beat writer for the Browns on ESPN, has said a couple of times that the Browns have called the Patriots about Mallet, and the Patriots kind of keep saying, no, no, no. So the, here, here's kind of the, the intrigue of the whole thing. The Browns don't have a second-round pick because they used it in the supplemental draft last year for Josh Gordon. So they've got no number two. They've got number one in the sixth position. And what do they need? They need a corner. They've already upgraded at um, at pass rush in free agency. They've got good defensive linemen. They've got a good offensive line. There's not a receiver you can go out and get. There's certainly probably not a quarterback you want to take at number six. They do need another safety. So TJ Ward's been a great strong safety, but he's not really a cover safety. And they just cut Usama Young, who's their starting safety from last year. So you could see them trade down and pick a Kenny Vaccaro out of Texas. And if you did that, you know, maybe there's a draft day trade with the Patriots who want to move up. And that's that's kind of the rumor and the way things are hanging together right now. But, you know, all this stuff this year, the draft is is really fascinating to me, because if you look at the so-called pundits, um, the many so-called pundits who. Yeah, that lot. Yeah. Mock drafts like. A, from week to week, the draft order changes totally. up and down more than I've ever seen it before. And there's really no consensus in any of the picks other than everyone thinks the Raiders love Sharif Floyd. That's kind of the only one that everyone thinks. But you know, if you go back like a month and a half, maybe not even that long, maybe a month, you know, there was a guy named Bjorn Warner from Florida State who was in the number one position for everybody who's like not even in the first round in a lot of the mock drafts today there was chance warmack from alabama was like a number three pick in some of those drafts at guard who's not at the top of the first round today in a lot of the mock drafts jarvis jones seems to have disappeared completely from a lot of these mock drafts there's a lot of people joe that that um follow us on twitter and shout to you lot are doing lots of mock drafts and things like that and you know that's cool you know that's Mm -hmm. great you know um can you just explain to the listeners why these people are moving Bjorn Werner as you say was very interested to us people in Europe because he's European and he goes to Florida State and stuff and and he was the guy right and then now he drops why does that happen so I think it happens for a number of reasons obviously you have the combine right um, when these guys get seen in the flesh but then you know after the combine they have these pro days at all the universities where you know, Florida State, for example, will have their 10 guys who are likely to get drafted all work out together for a bunch of scouts. And the scouts get to talk one-on-one. Because remember at the Combine, I think they get like, you know, a 20 or 30-minute interview with each of these guys. I think it's 20. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. So you really can't learn much of anything in 20 minutes. So I think as they spend more time with them and they talk to other scouts who are circulating stories that may or may not be true to try to game the system – Guys move up and down. It's like anything else where, you know, there's a there's effectively an auction coming up and people are looking at the goods prior to the auction and deciding, you know, who's better than what and who's what's worse than what and where things go. I mean, you know, there's some really there's some really interesting stories that you see the quarterback out of Miami of Ohio who nobody was talking about is suddenly seems to be moving into the first round. Um Joe, uh, I'm going to ask you this question. You're an Ohioan. I've always wanted to know this. What is Miami in Ohio? What's it like? What is it? Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's like a small town. It's, Miami of Ohio is 
like 40 minutes north of Cincinnati, and it's a, it's a somewhat rural, small-town America town. It has a university of 25,000 students. Is it literally bizarro world to the actual Miami? <laughs> so we're seeing no G-strings, yeah. <laughs> no fake breasts. I think it's probably as far away from Miami, Florida as you can get, but you got to remember that Big Ben went there, and so he's he's got a little wah-wah going on. Yeah, he has. Or he did. <laughs> he certainly did. No comment. He yeah. is. So what you're saying is if anyone out there is like, say the parents or their friends are like, we're going to Miami. You just want to check. It's the just Florida. Wait two seconds and just go, we're going to Miami. Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened. That's okay. actually never happened. Uh, yeah, no one refers to it as the U in Ohio. No, of course not. So tonight, Joe, we got the. Um, we're going to get this podcast out probably before tip-off time. National title game. You've been tuning into the tournament. What's your take on it this year? Um, you know, I think it's been. I think it's been really interesting. Uh, the, I think the surprise for me in this tournament has been Michigan. And if you if you watch the way that they played during the Big Ten season, they they were good, but they were not a team that you looked at and said geez, this is a really good team. Um, and the minute they got into the tournament, it was like another team showed up. Yep. A completely different team showed up. Um, so I think that that, you know, that's been a great story. And while I'm not a Michigan fan at all, I'm a basketball fan. And so to see, you know, a team like that uh, have a deep run has been great. Um, you know, I think I think you've you've got to you've got to look at Wichita State and say that those guys did an amazing job in the tournament this year. Obviously, coming in where they were, knocked my Buckeyes out. Yep. Um, which you know I think that I think the Buckeyes were interesting in that that team, talent wise, is probably one of the least talented teams that Bad Mod has had in his time at Ohio State, and they went you know final eight this year. So it's been, you know, I, there, I mean, there have been a lot of entertaining games, and the tournament is like, uh, if not the top, one of the top venues in sports for a lot of excitement in a compressed period of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th I think you're right. I think that there's been a few buzzer-beater games, not many as we're used to. I think it's been pretty solid. I think Michigan, as you say, you, you put your allegiances aside, have, have been the story. Not only the Trey Burke um, three at the buzzer, but also some of the performances they've put in have been great. Also the significance of it being 20 years since. You're right, and you've got the Fab Five tonight, and, and C-Web is not, he's boycotting it, but you've got the other four, the Fab Five in Michigan, and the profile they have is, is, is the story, and obviously Glenn Robinson's son, and Tim Hardaway's son, and stuff, mm -hmm. it's, it's a big story. And, you know, I think it's, I think, you know, we've maybe missed a few you know, buzzer beater games and stuff. But I think overall it's, it's been a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, it's going to be remembered for Kevin Ware's injury, uh, the worst injury in the history of the internet. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's been fun. And I think it's kind of, I think it's it's nicely, you know, you know, I think it gets to this point with the championship game. As a neutral in the UK, you don't really care who wins it at this point. You know, the Elite Eight and the Sweet Sixteens are the game, and it kind of fills that nice void before we go into NBA playoffs and stuff. So who's going to win tonight, Joe? Um, before we say that, the, the thing that I would, I would also add is, while there may not have been as many buzzy, buzzer beaters as we're used to in previous years, I don't know if anyone's looked at this, but I think in the first two rounds there's probably as many, if not more, upsets than we've seen 
in a long time. You know, you, you, you saw a ton of lower seeds win in the first couple of rounds this year, which in you know, the last couple of years, it feels like the seeds have held pretty well. Yep. Um, and so I think that that has added a lot of excitement to it and engaged a lot of fans who, um, you know, their team got knocked out and you've got a small school getting through who said, mm, you know, I want to I want to continue to follow some of these schools that are moving along. Yeah, definitely. So tonight's your chance. Um, it's the last game. We'll get this pot out. You got a, a couple of hours to watch it, or watch it. What's, the, take what's the line? We were going to ask you that. You're prop Joe. <laughs> I, I am prop Joe. I, ha- I happen to be. Uh, I happen to be in, in the in the desert storm prop Joe at the moment. Let's have a quick look at the line. Let's see. So Michigan must be favorite, but I guess because Louisville have the. The power of the intangible, which is the injury, and then maybe the that kind of maybe that kind of works in their favor. So Michigan's plus four, right? So I'm I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go with the favorite and say that if I need to win one game uh, and I've got Rick Pitino on the bench, he's my man. There you go. Celtics fans would disagree, but you know, that's for another day. <laughs> hey, this is Joe we're talking to. He doesn't care about them. <laughs> F the Celtics. Oh, and on that bombshell, yeah. Joe, we're going to leave you. Thanks, guys. I will speak to you soon. What else is going on? TV's good again. Oh, really good. Like it's like it's decided to wake up and hey, let's put all your favorite shows on at the same time. Let's time. finish The Walking Dead mm-hmm. at last. Oh no, 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 no. Let's not watch The Walking Dead because I haven't watched this whole truncated season at all. I'm saying that's good. Oh, that's okay. finished. Oh, okay, good. That's Sorry. finished. My blood pressure was rising as you were talking about the Walking Dead. It's finished. Dead. We're not going right. to talk about it. All right, good. And Mad Men is back. Yes. And Game of Thrones is back. Yes. So one Sunday show... nights are back, baby. <laughs> so one show that's really good, really fun, captures the imagination, and one show where it's some dude noodling and it hasn't been particularly very good for two seasons. Yes, shots fired at Mad Men. Oh, dear. I'm jumping off the bus. Do you know what is very good and actually was premiered this week? Hannibal. Is it good? It is good. Very good. So much, like, I was watching it and the whole time I was looking at Lawrence slash Larry Fishburne, I was kind of thinking of that thing that happened with his daughter a couple of years ago and I was like, would I want to be on TV again if that had happened to me? But anyway, forget about that. Mads Mikkelsen playing Hannibal Lecter. Decent, not great, but still good. Mr. Claire Danes, Hugh Dancy, great as Will Graham. And as someone that just watched Manhunter this weekend, probably my favorite Will Graham of all time. Shots fired at Ed Norton. I heard Manhunter was good. I'm not going to jump on. I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait on it and then see how it develops and maybe come back to it. Because, like, you know, Game of Thrones starting. Mm-hmm. There's a Dark Arts version. There's a, there's even a, there's a version you can watch here. And then Mad Men starting. That's that's too much for me. All right. I, I get you. I get you. You got the two-hour premiere of Mad Men this weekend. That's a lot of time to invest. You got Game of Thrones an hour of a week. Also, Hannibal's only going to be eight episodes this season. So maybe wait for it to all sort of finish and then binge watch in one weekend. I'll tell you what's missing. And mm-hmm. I was having this conversation this weekend. A big booty. <laughs> Hopefully not. Okay. 
When's the comedy coming back? We're missing a comedy. We need a good comedy. You know what I mean? What, 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 when's the next comedy going to come along? We're going to be like, yep, the, the league isn't on. Obviously, the league will come back on in September. Yes. So that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know when the next Kirby Enthusiasm is going to come back. But when's, when's the next comedy coming back? We need some comedy. Something, something funny. Something funny, something to laugh to. I watched Jonathan Creek this weekend. That was kind of funny. No. Um, honestly, there, there isn't any comedy. Comedy's off. Must be. No, honestly, I, like I watch NBC's Thursday night comedy, so I'm watching The Office, I'm watching Parks and Rec, I'm watching Community, and those are good shows. But unless you're in, like, you've got to be in funny. for a penny, in for a pound. Like, you've got to. If you're not in now, you're not going to be in later on. Uh, comedy Central isn't really doing anything right now. Uh, Younger's apparently is horrible, so I haven't even bothered to check that out. And. What other comedies on? Girls was pretty bad. Girls is one of those shows, and you watch it with your girlfriend. If you're a guy, and you're trying to rack up brownie points before the NFL season, go watch Girls with your girlfriend. She'll love it. And be the organizer of the thing, right? Yes, just be like, definitely. right, okay, we're be gonna, like, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna this do is a. Good. I heard this is funny. Instead of eight hours of watching three back-to-back American football games, yes, you'd be like, right, we'll go a girls' eight-hour boom. Mm. You got to put in work. Relationships are all That's about work. work. Yeah, you got to put in the work. This is what Big Sean was talking about. So you go get girls, half-hour shows, boom, you knock those out in, in seconds. There are only twenty episodes. Yes, some of them are really bad. Then there are bits that are kind of funny. But you build up all those brownie points, and by the time September comes, she will be sitting there, grudgingly sitting next to you, watching the Browns play the Cowboys. That's where you get payback time, there right? There you go. That's where you get, that's where you get payback time. No, mm-hmm. I can understand that, and I can, I can handle kind of potentially watching uh, girls. I think, unfortunately for me, I would have... Got rid of my brownie points after, you know, with the ashes and stuff like that. But that makes a lot of sense. But mm. where's the comedy? Still still calling it out there, people. How, uh, no matter how dope Game of Thrones and Mad Men is, still want the comedy. Want something. Want something, you know, <laughs> missing. Entourage uh, wasn't a comedy, but it was kind of funny, you know, and stuff. Where, where's that? Uh, what about uh, Olympus Falling Down? What about that movie with, with Gerard Butler being the head of the... CIA. Oh, that's whatever. that's that's my comedy. That's going to be your comedy right now. Really bad action movies because we're coming up to that point as well. You know, we've got the we've got the serious sports movie, the Jackie Robinson biopic coming up soon, and that's going to be great. And I'm going to cry like a baby watching that. But you know, maybe it's got to be a bad Gerard Butler. Maybe it's a bad time. I don't know what's going on. It's okay. The NBA playoffs are about to start. Yes, and we're going to have an NBA playoffs special mm-hmm. next week preview in the NBA playoffs, so it's okay. We can fill that lack of comedy void. We can laugh at Kobe, maybe, if they don't make the playoffs. We could do that. Yeah, that would be kind of good. We can laugh at the whole failed Lakers project. Let's save that till next week, because the NBA playoffs, which go on for months, Mm -hmm. are about to get started, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as we moonlight into a different sport, maybe for a little while, to fill fill in this void. Yeah. Before... That itch. Before the London Blitz season starts and all that stuff. Well, even as the London Blitz season starts, that's one game. James, we're used to having about 10 games on a Sunday. It's true. It's true. Red zone. I, I, wonder, what Scott, I wonder what Scott Hansen's up to right now. <laughs> I, I'm sending him SOS messages. <laughs> Miss you, man. We're out of here. Pour some out for Scott Hansen tonight, people. Later. He's not dead. Take care.
the north side, 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 the north side.